Do you love to read but struggle to see print? Bookshare is a nonprofit ebook library that makes reading easier for people with low vision or blindness. Members can read in ways that work for them with ebooks in audio, large print, and digital braille. Get unlimited access to over 1 million titles, including New York Times bestsellers, periodicals, upskilling books, and more. Bookshare is free for New York Public Library patrons or U.S. students with a qualifying disability. For more information, visit Bookshare.org today. The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome in. Take my hand. Say hello to who you know and who you don't and who you can. We'll give promise to your springtime and beginnings to your ends. We'll try not to be cautious, we'll be friends. Welcome in everyone and Happy New Year. I hope that it's a safe and wonderful and prosperous year for everyone. Um, I hope that we can all stay safe and be together here a year from now. And many more years after that, actually. Uh, tonight, we have a very special evening planned. Let me tell you, I've been thinking a lot over the holidays and um, with all that's been going on about our membership and our organization and just beyond and beyond. And beyond just that enormous group, to all the people that we've come in contact with through the years in our lives who are blind or have low vision or have um, experienced some type of a vision loss through the years. And I've thought about who they were at the time and who they are now. And we've got some background noise. If we could, if you could mute or get rid of the noise, that would be great. I'd really appreciate it. Thank you. And it got me thinking about just how many people we have in our circles who are pretty darn amazing, Um, especially I kind of, I guess I kind of tend to lean toward those of us seniors um, because those are the people that I've known the longest. Um, Not that I'm leaving out any of the younger people or the people that we've gotten to know through through community, but um, I don't mean to leave anyone out at all, but many of us have some very uh, diverse and unique interests and backgrounds and a lot that a lot of us have experienced so many different things that have enhanced our abilities through the years. Um, you know, I remember back to when we first started this program back in May of 2020. One of the things that really prompted me to start these calls was the issue of people who have been long-term visually impaired or blind um, 
having problems with medical providers, whether it be a hospital or what have you, uh, because they just assume that everyone is all in the same or all that we're all alike, that everyone's in the same boat, that whether you've lost your vision in two weeks ago or 22 years ago, you have virtually no abilities. Um, and that's unfortunately still playing out. One of our dearest friends um, who I'm hoping is listening tonight has run into that just yesterday and today is in the hospital with COVID. And when she's trying to talk to them about her condition, they're asking her, how does she know to get to where to go to get to the bathroom? How does she get around? How does, does she need someone to help her with her food? Uh, and those are things that just, you know, it, sometimes it just feels like we're beating our heads against a wall. But when we showcase some of our abilities, as much as, much as I don't really like doing that, um, sometimes we absolutely have to. And sometimes we have to self-advocate. And many of those attributes that we have that we use when we need to like that are things that have helped us through our lives and have made our lives as successful and happy ones. Um, You know, we've all had ups and downs and losses and gains through life in all, all aspects of our lives. And that got me thinking, we know a lot of people who have who are great examples of those of those attributes and abilities. And so I said, it would be kind of neat to showcase or to um, talk with at least one of those people each month on visibilities. And so I thought about it and I've come up with some ideas. And if anyone else has any ideas, you're always welcome to email me at visibilities, which you have to remember is spelled V-I-S abilities, visibilities, five zero at gmail.com. And if you've got any ideas of people, please don't hesitate to let me know. Um, And I'd love to look into having others on with us. But tonight, I said for the first one of the year, we really, I really want to start it off with a bang. And I really want to have someone on who has done an awful lot, who has a lot of life experiences, way more than some of us, some of us little people, and I'm using that term little in quotes, um, have and have done through the years and their experiences. And so the first person that obviously came to my mind is someone who I've kind of gotten to know a little bit through visibilities because he's been streaming our visibilities calls on ACB media for about the past year and helps me with the podcasts and has just always seems to be so up and willing to help people and willing to impart his wisdom in a number of different areas. And so I want to welcome our own Larry Gassman as our first 
very special, how did I call it? Visually impaired seniors with amazing abilities. That's kind of what I'm going to call this. I've just got to kind of come up with a way of shortening that a little bit. (laughs) But I do want to welcome Larry. And hi, how are you this evening? Nice to be here again. But the roles are slightly (laughs) different. By the way, we need to come up with an acronym. For, we do. For that title. <laughs> so we'll be doing something like that. We'll figure out something. We do. We definitely need to come up with an acronym for it. I, um, the ones that I've come up with so far didn't quite fit. I was kind of coming up with Visa AA. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, we've now trotted it out there before everybody. And, everybody and anybody so, that's got an idea, bring it to absolutely. us. <laughs> Somebody's creative and they'll figure it out. So, Larry... Can you give us a nutshell of, I know you're a twin. I am. And that means that there are two of you in this world. <laughs> yeah, there, yes, yes. The world needs two of you. Some people aren't terribly more. excited about that, but that's the way it goes. <laughs> <laughs> we get along fine. Yeah, we were born 67 years ago in January and three and a half, two and a half months premature. And he was one pound, eight ounces. I was one pound, 10 ounces. We were 13 inches you long. Big logger, you. Yeah, exactly. I've grown a tad since then. Yeah. Yeah. So we. I'll uh, bet John know. has as well. He has. Yeah. Yeah, he has. <laughs> oh, goodness. And have you always been in the West Coast? Yes. Yeah. Born in uh, Whittier, California. And when I got married, moved to Orange County, which is maybe 20, 25 minutes away. And now that she has passed on, uh, she said before she passed on, you know, when I'm gone, you and John have so many of the same passions. Sometimes I think our lives are ruled by passion sometimes, which is a a good thing. She said, have him move in with you. And it worked out really well. I was still working at the time. He still works for Disney. And, uh, And we share so many of the same passions. We can talk about projects that we're both involved with. And we do a lot. So there's a lot of work that goes on. Uh, when he's not officially working with all the things that are going on, whether it be barbershopping or old-time radio or whatever it might be. And that was my segue. That was a great segue into your passions. Um, I know that you are very into um, barbershopping. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is... I love barbershopping. I could listen to barbershopping all evening, I think. We started it in 73. We were in high school, and our and our high school ensemble director was a member. Uh, he got so busy that after about the first year, he had to drop out. But he brought us to a, a barbershop chapter meeting. We were getting ready to do a musical at school, and we loved it. We loved the sound, and so we kept going. And that was in 1973. And I think next year, not this year, but probably 2023, yeah, we'll get our 50-year pins. Oh my goodness, yeah. that's wonderful. That would be very nice. Yeah, that's so wonderful. we've emceed shows. I've been chapter president, uh, music vice president, a lot of stuff throughout the chapter. And emceed all kinds of shows, helped quartets and choruses, coached, etc. So we've done a lot of stuff. We've emceed uh, international contests as well, which was a big thrill. So it keeps us busy and not out of trouble necessarily, but at least off the streets for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> and do you 
so it this there are i believe multiple uh organizations yeah there are, there's one men's organization and a women's organization and they're trying to combine the two as well and we'll see how that goes they're still working on that but they've got chapters all over the world so if i go somewhere wherever that might be there's a pretty good chance there's somebody that i know after being in it for 49 years and i'll say is there a meeting where where we're going and they oh yeah come on i'll pick you up which is great um, oh yeah now i could take uber if i wanted to but generally that's really not necessary if, if there's a barbershop or anywhere near they'll pick me up and take me to the meeting and it's i've done that before when i traveled for work I went to I, wherever it was, D.C., I think, a couple of times, and somebody picked me up, took me to meetings, and uh, I got a chance to have fun and enjoy the meeting and see friends. So lots of fun. and very enjoyed it very much. I know I had um, just about that around 1973. We were uh, at a wedding one time. And, you know, the... Um, folk group schooner fair yeah yeah mm-hmm. I, I don't know if anyone's familiar with them there steve romanoff's father and the groom that that night's father were um in a barbershop group uh-huh. and uh they and they entertained half of the wedding sure i'll bet they did yeah. they got up to do about two songs and they just ended up up for oh probably at least an hour we just had more fun with them. I was playing and, and we did the wedding ceremony and uh, then they did the entertainment in the middle of mm-hmm. the reception and Schooner Fair did a couple of things oh, great. during the reception. So we had a, it was a very musical wedding, shall we say. Yeah, when, when Melinda and I got married, she didn't know anything about barbershopping and I introduced her and created a monster just like I did. She didn't know much about baseball either. And I introduced her to the Angels, the California Angels, or whatever they are now, Anaheim Angels, and and turned her into a a sports monster. But when we got married, (laughs) she knew the quartets because we went to shows together. And she said, I want so-and-so. And And they were the sixth-place international champions. Or sixth-place, not international champions, but sixth-place in the world. And I called them and I said, what are you guys doing on such-and-such a date? And they said, I don't know why. What do you have in mind? And I said, well, we're getting married, and we'd like you to be part of the reception entertainment. They said, and we'd also like you to sing a song at the wedding. And they said, we're in. And they did. It was wonderful. It was so good. We had just a great time. They sang well. They're friends still. and, uh, and, And it's something I'll always remember. That is great. Well, speaking of barbershopping. Um, do you have something you maybe that you might can give us a little sample I, of? I could, yeah. Uh, this is this is a a song that we sang at a district contest in two thousand. I think it was eight. It's called "You Make Me Feel So Young," and it's John and I and two others whom you won't know. And it's just an example. We don't have any albums out, any CDs out, any of that stuff. But we do have um, recordings, etc. And here's a, a, a brief, modest example. Oh, hang on a second. I went to the wrong one. Let's try this one. Do I seem as cheerful as a schoolboy playing hooky? 
Do I seem to gurgle like a baby with a cookie? If I on the applause on that except the one thing you make me feel is so jealous because i can't carry a tune in a paper bag (laughs) you know the cool thing visually about that and we were doing some visual stuff that we had choreographed and talked about but when i sang the line you uh you make me feel what the heck is the no no oh and when i'm old and gray john and i pointed at each other which made sense (laughs) and that's why the audience was laughing yes (laughs) So that was fun. That was was fun. It's always fun getting in front of an audience. And if you have a little ham in you, I said it's always fun getting in front of an audience. And if you have a little ham in you, that makes it even nicer. And you always get a chance to give a little gift, whether you're singing or talking or doing whatever you're doing. And uh, it's funny, people used to say to us, I don't understand why John and Larry never get nervous. 
in front of an audience. And somebody said, well, they can't see the audience. And I said, but that has nothing to do with it. Uh, I learned a long time ago in radio, talking to people who worked in radio long before I was born, <clears throat> that they had no issues in front of an audience. They had no issues being on the radio. They were never nervous because they always treated the audience uh, the people who were sitting in the audience as if there's somebody that they were just talking to. Like I'm talking to you. I realize that we have probably three or 4,000 people in, in ACB listening to us right now. It doesn't bother me because I'm talking to you and I'm talking to them. I'm not looking at any of these people and it doesn't really matter. I'm just carrying on a conversation and I have had no issues with nervousness at all. So. I have enough for both of us sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that's fine. You can do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. <clears throat> Excuse me. Speaking of radio, that's, I think, where, uh, that's where I know one of your true passion, one of your other passions. True. Is, and you've been involved in it for a, a number a of years, shall we time. say. I think we both got involved in the hobby in about 1970, and we heard syndicated radio shows, because I remember vaguely, barely, just listening to the latter few days, or latter few years of radio, because it really ended at about 1962, and then there were some syndicated efforts. So I remember a few things. I remember Suspense and Johnny Dollar in the 60s, because we were both born in 55. And, and so I remembered hearing later on syndication, and then friends of mine who weren't friends at the time, I didn't know them, had radio shows on and got in touch with them in the early 70s and uh, began collecting, not knowing that there were tons of people in the hobby doing the same thing. And then we got involved with radio organizations and and were asked to go out and, and actually be on radio shows, talking about radio, playing shows. And we've been doing that since seven, let's see, when did we start our show? We guested with people in 78, 79, and I think about 1980 we started. And aside from the time when I was married for 10 years uh, and not doing it because we had other things going on, we've been involved in the hobby for over 50 years, and we're still doing shows on the Internet and on a few radio stations as well, playing the shows. We've talked to and interviewed probably close to five or 600 people from radio. Wow. Uh, we've, I've chaired 30 radio conventions, and we have produced, gosh, I don't know how many different recreations with the original people in many respects. Obviously not so much anymore because 99% of them are gone now. But when they were still alive, we had such a great time because we, they loved doing those recreations because it gave them a chance to see each other and do something they really loved, which was actually act in radio shows so we had that opportunity and loved it and now we interview people who were sons and daughters of those people we interview people doing books uh, and, and we're still doing live shows as well uh, the only difference is I don't have to go 30 miles to a radio station anymore I can do it from here like I'm doing this and then late at night when I'm tired and I'm done and I say okay that's it 30 seconds later I can be in bed and that's the part I really love <laughs> That's uh, I'm enjoying that about working from home myself. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. it you know, it's three more hours of the day that I don't have to donate to, sure, or dedicate to sure. the metro. <laughs> but um, tell tell me, who would you consider to have been maybe your top three 
um, favorite interviews that you've done? It's interesting because most of these people became friends. Uh, and we received cards from them. I often, often we got phone calls from them because they trusted us. You know, they knew we weren't going to ever do anything to exploit them because mm-hmm. I was never taught to do that, etc. So probably uh, Norman Corwin, who was just a delightful man. In fact, often he would call and he'd be in L.A. where he lived and we'd be in Whittier, 60 miles away. And he'd say, hey, let's plan a night when we go to dinner. And we often did that. With him, Stan Freeberg was another one. Um, really, Freeberg was fun to be with. Um, he had a great sense of humor, and and we did two or three radio shows with him. Had a wonderful time. Uh, there were many others. Uh, we met most of the people from the Jack Benny cast. We never met Jack Benny, but a lot of the other people we met and knew. Um, uh, Rochester. Rochester was gone. He was in '77, so we never met him. Oh yeah. But Mel Blanc was having was getting a was writing a book. He had leukemia the last couple times we saw him, but he was on a book tour, and we said we'd like to come out and interview you, and he said okay. So we had somebody drive us from Whittier to Pacific Palisades, which was an hour and a half drive. We got to the house and knocked on the door. And his wife, Estelle, Estelle said, oh, my gosh, I am so sorry. And I thought, uh-oh, bad news. Mel double booked. He was at a, a luncheon in which he was the honoree. And she said, he will call you back. We will fix this. We apologize. I, and we said, okay, those things happen, you know. So they drove us home and we called him and he said, all right, let's pick a time. And we picked the time. He said, I will send a limo for you, which is an hour and a half drive. He did. Uh, The limo driver drove us all the way to his house. His son, Noel Blank, uh, flew a helicopter. And just as we got there, Noel came uh, flying by, dipped his wings and waved at us. So he knew what was going on. Um, They had lunch for us. We did the interview. It took about maybe an hour to get it all done because we just chatted too. It wasn't just the interview. We just chatted. And he had, you know, and then he drove, and then the limo driver came back, picked us up and drove us home. He was first class all the way. And so many of of those people were, and they were down to earth people, 99 and 9 tenths percent of them, you know, were just, Everyday people, and that's the way they wanted to be treated. So, Noel, Mel Blanc was another. Carlton e. Morris, who wrote "I Love a Mystery" and "One Man's Family," he was probably the only person that I got a little apprehensive about meeting because I was so enamored with some of the things he did. But in the first ten minutes, uh, it was as if I had known him for thirty years, and we corresponded until he passed away. That was what happened with so many of them. They were so nice and, and just very down to earth. And if you treated them like just an everyday person, they treated you the same way. Let me ask you about what I'm curious whether you okay. may have ever interviewed or what have you. Mm-hmm. Was um, Nat Poland? I know the name because I think we've met him at because we used to go to all the radio conventions, whether they be the Spurdvac conventions, which I chaired, or those in Seattle. Or Newark, New Jersey, which was the Friends of Old Time Radio Convention. And he appeared, I believe, at a couple of those. I don't know that I actually met him. I know we were at the same convention together. 
but but he was involved obviously in New York New York radio mostly I believe. I think so because yeah. he was. Um, I remember him being on a lot of the CBS Radio Mystery Theater. Radio Mystery yes. Theater, right? And he also played a doctor on one of my favorite soap operas, One Life to Live. Oh, I think it was okay. Okay, that's, and that's where I had first heard of him was on there. Sure. And then when we started listening to CBS Mystery Theater back in the what was that the seventies? It started um, in seventy four and ended in eighty two. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I remember by where we lived at the time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everything in my life is like on Pond Street, on yeah. Linda Road. Oh know? yeah. Oh sure. I compartmentalized my life that way. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember Frank and I lived when we were first married. I remember listening to Mystery Theater then. Yeah. And and his name would often come up on that. We got a chance having to- hosted it, a, a star in. Been in, been in one of the performances or something. When we went to that's Newark, I was, I was we, curious about him. When we went to Newark, we always interviewed people while we were there at the convention, and and we had Hyman Brown out with us at Spurdvac in 1993, who created Inner Sanctum and created the CBS Mystery Theater, and we interviewed him in Newark, and uh, <laughs> it was a great interview. And when we walked in the door, he said, "You know, I hope you don't mind. I've taken the liberty." of inviting one of my friends to sit in with us. And we said, no, no, that's not a problem. Why? Who is it? And he said, Ralph Bell. (laughs) Ralph Bell was among the elite of New York radio actors and did tons of TV as well. And we had a great time. We just chatted and talked about not only the old stuff, but also CBS Radio Mystery Theater. Ralph Bell was... uh, with us as well on a cell phone in New York a few years earlier when we were asked to talk about gangbuster, gangbusters and radio-related dramas on uh, a TV show. God, America's Most Wanted. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, and we were on it uh, with a few other people. They came down, filmed our show, same time, same station. And we had two or three actors, Bill Zuckert and Gene Gillespie, from New York Radio, who lived out where we lived at the time. And we had Ralph Bell on from New York. Had a great time talking about New York Radio and the, the play, the part that, that uh, uh, police played on radio. And it was a terrific couple of hours. So uh, interviewing Hyman Brown was a lot of fun. Very enjoyable. Sounds like it would yeah, have been, it absolutely. It was. I'm sure. I we, think you've got another... Audio clip or two? I, I do. Which one would you like? Because I'll have to set it up a little bit. As, as long as we're talking I, about radio, this is this is about five or six minutes long, if that's okay. Um, sure. We, I think we often, you're the one that always keeps track of our time. Yeah, we're good. It's only 30 minutes after. We're good. It's 730. <laughs> uh, we, uh, in about 1995 or 96, began to find and... Braille routines and do them in front of conventions. We we did uh, Jack Webb's Copper Clappers, kept in a closet by the cleaning woman, Claire Clifford. Uh, that was fun. That was fun. But the one that we probably got the most fun out of was Who's On First, which was originally done. It was a burlesque routine done later by Abbott and Costello. 
Mm-hmm. And we did it, and we bre- read the Braille. We didn't have note-takers at the time, nor computers. And we read the Braille off of our chests, which seemed to get as much visual reaction as the stuff we did. And we didn't always st- stick to the script. If somebody got lost, the other would make the most of it. And so we did this in front of a crowd in Newark, New Jersey, at the Friends of Old Time Radio Convention in October of 1996. Well, John, I understand that the Friends of Old Time Radio have put together a baseball team. So that's what I understand as well. And, and, and mm-hmm. you're going to play on the team, and I know all the players, so well, maybe you'd yeah, like me to kind There's of... another reason why I'm here. What, what, what's that? What with the recent uh, turmoil and controversy in the baseball playoffs, the Baltimore Orioles have hired me to do an umpire seminar I see. while I'm here. <laughs> But as long as I'm here, you might as well tell me about the, the names, because if we do put together a Friends of Old Time Radio baseball team, then I would like to know who's on the team. Maybe if, if, if you do the school, can I come to watch? No. Okay. Well, then I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you who the players are. Okay. Let's see. Now, the, the coaches, there, there's, there's Bud Abbott over here right. and Lou Costello mm-hmm. over here. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you got who's on first, what's on second, and I don't know who's on third. That's what I'm trying to find out. I said who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. Now, look, you're the manager, right? Yes. You know all the players' names? Well, I should. Well, then tell me who's on first. Yes. I mean the fellow's name. Who? The guy on first base. Who? The first baseman. Who? The guy playing first. Who is on first? I'm asking you who's on first. <laughs> well, that's the man's name. That's that's whose name? Yes. Well, well, then go ahead and tell me. Well, that's it. That's who? Yes. <sighs> Look, have you got a first baseman? Certainly. Well, then who's playing first? Well, that's right. Look, now, when you pay off the first baseman every month, who gets okay. the money? Every dollar of it. <laughs> Look, all I'm trying to find out is the fellow's name on first base. Who? The guy that gets the money. That's it. Who, who gets does. the money? He who gets get, the money? He gets every dollar of uh-huh. it. Yeah, sometimes his wife comes down and collects it. Whose wife? Yes. <laughs> Look, all I want to know is what's the guy's name on first base? No, 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 no. What's on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? Wait a minute. I mean, one base at a time now. Would you please tell me who's the guy on first base? That's right. That, okay. All right, now what's the guy's name on first base? No, 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 no. I, I just told you. What's on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. Oh, he's on third. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Wait. How did I get on third base? Well, you happened to mention the guy's name. Well, if I mention the guy's name on third base, uh, then, then who did I say was playing third? No, no. Who is playing first? Then what's on second? What's on second? That's okay. what I just said. Okay. Well, I, look, You're in danger I, of no, screwing I'm re- up this No, routine. I'm reading your Braille. I see. <laughs> All right, now what did I say? <laughs> What's playing first base? No, no. Wait, can I back up? You could if you'd like. Can I back up? Go, wait, wait for the laugh right. to finish. Now back up. Hang on, it's not done yet. Okay, hang, hang on. on. Here we it's go. Here tapering we go. off. Okay. Now you, you, you point up. at me and I'll back up. <laughs> yeah, it was fun of the other 674 times you made a mistake, too. Where was the last time? I, hell, I don't. It was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Anyway, did we ever find out who's on second? No, what's on second? I don't know. He's third on base. Third. Okay. Oh. There I go again. Back on third base. All right, then who's playing third base? No, well, why, why do you insist on putting the man on third base? What's on third? What's on second? Then who's on third? Who's on first? I don't know. Third, third base. Hello, <laughs> no, we're still on page one. Okay. I all right. Okay. You're, you're, you're all right. I'm on page one. I'm on. Then, then who's on first? Who's on second? I don't know. Third oh, base. Okay. okay. Oh. Look, have you got an outfielder on this team? Wish you wouldn't memorize this stuff. You only make mistakes. <laughs> 
You know, I've got London Broiled Braille here. Uh, Did you know that? It, court on Braille is that court, is on court, 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 court on, on Braille. Braille yes. It would have worked either way. Yes, but, it would have. But bra- Braille and fish just doesn't sound as good. <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, do you, what did you, you ask me before? Look, do you have an outfield? Looks out of business. Has been for years. <clears throat> anyway, do I have a what? Ah, I didn't get a good laugh, Larry. Just, right. don't, don't use that it's one only next Thursday. Time. <clears throat> now, come on. Let, uh, the Brave game has started now. I, okay. Okay. Okay, look, as I said 25 minutes ago, do you, yes. do you have an outfield on this? Sure, team? we got an outfield. The left fielder's name. Why? Because. Oh, he's center field. <sighs> All right, you got a pitcher on the team? Sure. Then what's the pitcher's name? Tomorrow. You don't want to tell me today? I'm telling you. Then go ahead. Tomorrow. What time? What time what? What time tomorrow are you going to tell me who's pitching? Now listen, who is not I'll pitching? I'll break who? your arm if you tell me who's on the first base. I want to know what's the pitcher's name. What's on second? I don't know. Third, Third base. base. <laughs> you got a catcher on this team? Certainly. What would a team be without a catcher? The catcher's name. Today. Today. And tomorrow's pitching. Now you've got we it. We just got a couple of days on this team. All right. I'm a good catcher. Uh-huh, sure. Before that, was I was a good umpire. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm still a good catcher, so I'll get behind the plate. Okay. A big hitter gets up there and bunts the ball. I pick up the ball, and I throw it to who? Now, that's the first thing you've said right. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Look, if I throw the ball to first base, uh-huh. then somebody's got to catch it, right? Naturally. Well, then who's got it? Naturally. Who? Naturally. Naturally? Naturally. So I pick up the ball and I throw it to naturally. Now you do no such thing. You throw the ball to who? Naturally. That's right. That's what I said. <laughs> I throw the ball to naturally. You throw the ball to who? Naturally. That's it. That's what I said. So I throw the ball to who? Uh-huh. Whoever it is drops the ball right. and the guy runs to second base. Okay. Who picks up the ball, throws it to what? What throws it to? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Throws it back to tomorrow. Triple play. Right. Later on in the game, another hit- hitter gets up there, and it's a long fly ball to because. Why? I don't know. He's on third, and I don't give a darn. What's that? I said, I don't give a darn. Oh, he's our shortstop. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> You know, every time I hear that, I am, have to ask. I am amazed at the, at Abbott and Cost at the people who thought that up. That is so clever. It is what I'm amazed at is what I want to know is what was the, the what was the composition of that audience because they caught on to the whole braille. Thing. Yeah, they did. So incredible. No, no, they're well. all sided. All sided, probably fifties <laughs> and upward, with a few in their thirties, but all sided. And I mean, I'm, they caught the whole. I know they did. Immediately. Well, most of them knew us. A lot of them knew us, and and we had had used Braille before in terms of notes for other workshops and things we were given. Uh, you know, we did that so often. I, I uh, and we all, sometimes got we screwed up and sometimes missed stuff. But I remember when I was going to the Braille Institute and we were volunteering. We were both teaching, and they said, "Hey, come on, could you do who's on first for us?" And John had brought his Braille note taker, but I had not. And I said, man, I don't know. You're asking me to do this from memory, and it's been two to three years since we've done it. And John said, no, you can do it. I said, yeah, you can say that. You've got your note taker. He said, I'll give you little clues, little cues that will make it easy for you. You'll hear the cue and you just go. 
and it worked and I got through it and I would I couldn't believe it because that's not easy to do that's rapid fire stuff but it worked uh-huh. it worked yeah that was a lot of fun it's always a lot of fun to do that so oh, that was that was great fun well I suppose we should probably Make this more yeah, than a two-way absolutely. conversation for a while. I will. I will tell you this quickly. I won't play the clip. But John and I also were lucky to do five rose parades for National Public Radio, and we did that in the eighties. Do I don't know if you remember Doug Wakefield? Uh, yes. Doug used to do the parade. They would fly him out to Pasadena, and he would do the parade. And we never got a chance to meet him. But we were we were asked to do it the year after. For whatever reason, they didn't bring him out. And our program director called and said, would you guys like to do the parade? And we did. We, we went to all the people who were in charge of building floats, took copious notes, and we were all ready to go. We brailled tons of pages, etc. And then the, the first year we were out there, we didn't even think about the fact that it was 35 degrees when we got there. <laughs> and yes, it was cold, but that problem also was that when it's that cold... Your fingers become desensitized. Try and read Braille in 35-degree weather. And I'll pass. <laughs> yeah. So our program director was with us and had uh, an earphone, and he could talk in a mi- into a microphone into our headset. So if we're having problems reading, he could help us. The next year, we thought of, or somebody thought of, uh, bringing a heating pad. And once we did that, we were fine. But, yeah, lots of fun, very enjoyable. Got lots of reaction from all over the country as well, which isn't why we did it. But, I mean, we had a great time. So between that and Twins Cruises and being in a couple of movies and things like that, we've we've had a very terrific life. You've been in a couple of movies? We were in a movie. Uh, somebody called Braille Institute and said, could, could, um, could you recommend a couple of people who would be willing to shoot baskets? And this was... A Michael Jordan campaign for Nikes. And so we shot baskets and a film crew came and did that. And the guy who was in charge of the film crew was a director whose real love was making movies, but he could only do movies if he were to do commercials, which would um, supply the money for the movies. So he said he was a German guy. And we talked afterwards. He said, you know, I would love to have you come and do a movie with me. And we said, that'd be great. Just let us know. He said, all right, I will. And about two to three years later, somebody emailed us and said, we want to put you in an interesting situation, one that a blind person probably hasn't been in very often. We want to take you all expenses paid to Vietnam and just and put you in different situations, different scenarios, and see how you react. Now, nothing was going to be dangerous, but, I mean, we did all kinds of things in the movie, and it was released everywhere except here. Uh, released in Europe and a lot of other places, and we went to the grand premiere in 2003 in Berlin, Germany. And, and we learned, you never turn those chances down because you never know if they're ever going to be offered again. And so we got a chance to go to Vietnam. We flew to China, into Vietnam, and then eventually, a couple of years later, to Berlin. Thing, you know, I'd, Things that I will never forget because we got a chance to meet New people, different people, was totally different. It's weird to be in a situation where you are the only Americans in a situation for a, a week or two, and everything you hear is a different language, not your own. So, fun stuff. That is great stuff. I would recommend it to anybody who ever has that chance. Take advantage of those opportunities. 
Absolutely. That's fabulous. Well, um, Ray Campbell is our host this evening. Yes, and I'm here. There you are. I am. I am so uh, just been so great listening to to uh, Larry with all the stuff he does, especially about barber shopping. Yeah. I happen to know a, a blind person in my area with the West Towns Chorus, uh, Don Davia. I know the name. I don't think we've met, but I've I've run into several barber shoppers who are blind, yeah. uh, who are barber shoppers, and I don't know Don, <clears throat> but I know I think I've heard the name. Yeah, it's uh, they. Just real quick, they they they've always done a concert every year at Christmas mm-hmm. time. It's a huge chorus, like sure. very well renowned chorus, and um, they do a huge Christmas show every year. And we, up until the last couple of years, when they moved to some place we can't get to, they've uh, it's, it's it's a really great show. So anyway, Good. Tara, you wanted me to you need me to give the hands. I was going to ask you to do the hand thing. I'll do the hand thing and the mute thing and all that thing. You know? <laughs> so okay, so for the hand thing. If you if you're on a I'll do the hand and mute at the same time. So if you're on a PC and you want to raise your hand, you hit Alt Y. If you want to, when I call on you, you want to unmute, you hit Alt A for that. That's those are toggles. On the Mac, if you want to raise your hand, it's Option Y. If you want to unmute, it's Command Shift A. If you are on a landline telephone, if you want to raise your hand, it's Star Nine. If you want to unmute, Star Six. And finally, on the iPhone or iDevice, if you want to unmute or to raise your hand, it's under the more button. You double tap that and you'll find a raise hand button. And then if you want to unmute, there's a mute and unmute button on the lower left of the screen. Uh, so with all that said, um, with all of we that, got some hands. I thank you. We do indeed have some hands. And Pam Coffee is going to be our first one. Thank you. Oh, I'm loving this. That, that, that Who's on first? If I can get through this without laughing again <clears throat> good thing you weren't driving a car at the time do what now good thing you weren't driving a car at the time <laughs> people who drive cars and laugh like that usually wind up going off the road i know <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely uh no but but the question i want to ask and i probably should know the answer but uh well really two questions the most immediate one is that movie you made in Vietnam, why was it never released here? And my second question is, did you and your brother both have what is now called retinopathy of prematurity? Yes. Initially, we referred to it as retrolentral fibroplasia. Yes, I know about yeah. that because I'm the same thing and sure. I'm a little older than you guys are, so mm-hmm. I know about that name change. <laughs> the movie was called Poem uh and it was it was it was done it was it was done how do I say this? It wasn't done by a a large movie company. It was a um a smaller concern and they they never could get it released here. Uh but it was released all over Europe and it w- would have been nice. Uh, somewhere here, I've got a copy of it, and it's it's it's, a, it's they put twenty different scenarios together, and we were one of them. And they put us, oh, okay. they put us in Vietnam, for instance, you know, on a street, and there's no traffic patterns in Vietnam, so the mopeds, <laughs> the mopeds don't have a, a regular traffic pattern that we're used to. It's just a you know, the, so you so as you're standing there, walk, crossing a street, you hear, 
as they shoot by you, maybe going towards you, but they see you, and that's what you have to hope, that they do see you, and they speed right on by you. Oh, absolutely. John went to a water water park. Uh, I didn't do it because I didn't trust the fact. See, I'd, I had herniated a disc and had it fixed, oh. and I did not want to take a chance on an insurance issue in a foreign country. So I didn't do oh, it, boy. But, but John did. He, he had a great time. And we went to, we did a lot of different things. They put us, you know, in tons of different little situations and filmed us doing things. Because blind people in, in third world countries like Vietnam, they are the exception. They're not the rule. And they're, when we were going, when we were there, they were generally institutionalized. They were not mm-hmm. normally out and about. So for people to see us just doing what we took for granted and do what we always do was a bit of an interesting twist because they weren't used to that mm-hmm. not at all but we had a great time right. great. oh wow and because it was Thanks. a communist country we had somebody from the government with us the whole time to make sure that whatever the the film company said we were going to do we did and to make sure that we didn't do anything that they didn't clear first so we never got a chance to talk to him. I don't even know what language he spoke. But I do remember the, I do remember the film. The, the, there was a film company. It was all German. And we went to a, 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 a hotel, of course, and stayed overnight. And the Germans were like big guys, like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, big, all of them big. And we're sitting down eating breakfast. And the breakfast was small because most Vietnamese people are smaller generally in stature, mm-hmm. and the German people, one of them walked up, turned, looked at what I was eating, and he said, is that all we're going to eat? <laughs> Funny line. Oh. Funny line, because I didn't expect it. But yeah, they were neat people, fun people to talk to. Hey. So, Great. We have, all right. Well, thank you. We also now have uh, Phil Jones, if you want to unmute. Jones. Hello there, Phil. Okay. Hello there, Larry, and... Uh, Terry and uh, Ray. In fact, I Ray, I was listening to you giving out all the command, and it sounds like you're picking, you're beginning to pick up a southern accent somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I got to jazz it up a little yeah, bit. A little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, Larry, I'm just um, fascinated just by you and uh, your brother's knowledge of old time radio, and uh, I've just learned so much from listening to you. Uh, talk about it, and I've enjoyed so many of the fantastic interviews you've done with the people in the business. And uh, I also want to tell you that uh, in my early years with the Georgia Radio Reading Service, uh, working there, I we uh, our original studios were in the uh, basement of a church. And every Monday evening, as I was going home, there would be uh, a group of barber shoppers there, and just they would re- really going at it and. Uh, singing all the great stuff, and uh, I was just so tempted to stop and stay and listen to them, but I knew if I'd done that, I would have missed my bus going home. Yeah. It's just the music. I, I just love it. It's I do, fantastic. too. It's a wonderful consonant harmony. It really is. It's lots oh, of yeah. fun. Yeah. It is. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Um, and Brash is and our Brash. next one. And you can unmute. And you can unmute. And while Anne is unmuting, let me ask you a quick question, um, Larry. If 
currently you stream old time radio? You, I mean, you stream your your the same. We the same station. We we tell don't. us what it is. Oh, it's it's a two hour radio show that we started in 1980, and and it is not streamed live. It's pre recorded, and we send it to various internet outlets and radio stations. We we do stream a low a show that we do nightly or almost every night, and that is streamed yesterday USA dot net. And it's on at 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 Pacific, and you're welcome to listen. And what is it again? YesterdayUSA.net. And it's on... YesterdayUSA.net. 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 Pacific. And we'll be on tonight. And the same station, same time, same station... Is a pre-recorded goes out to a number of places... Where might some of our people hear the hear that? Well, one of the obvious places is Treasure Trove. Uh, ah, it, it's that's on, exactly where I was hoping you were going to go. Well, exactly. Yeah, we think alike. <laughs> we have a telepathic link. You could have been a twin. Um, <laughs> it's on. It's on Sunday mornings at midnight or nine o'clock Pacific time, and it's on throughout the week, I believe, as well. Uh, Jeff Bishop puts that together. We send him the show, and he schedules it. Ah, so yes, it's very right. cool. All right, Ann. Ann, <laughs> if you want to go ahead now, we've yeah. got about two minutes. Oh my gosh! No, that's fine. I just wanted to tell you that I love barbershop. I was uh, uh, I learned about Sweet Adeline's mm-hmm. at a convention, at a national convention, and I was there for uh, twenty years or more. And I, I just love barbershop. And oh, Sweet great. Adeline's was just a great place to be they're all neat and, neat wonderful and people. you probably heard of the Coralaires and melodiers yeah absolutely sure. yeah. yes yeah. Mm-hmm. great great groups yes. yeah it was just tons of fun it, mm-hmm. marvelous yeah it I, I learned there are three different associations that i've had throughout life one was my barbershop association with special people and another is my church and another has come to be ABC, ACB. I always pronounce it ABC because of my network affiliations, but it's ACB. <laughs> but it's the people that make it fascinating. We, we all get together for things like this, the venues, but it's the people who are involved that make it so very special. And I'm so delighted to be a part of this group. And I hope to see some of my friends who have I've met and a lot of people who I don't have not met yet in uh, Omaha coming up next summer because i'm looking forward to that so if all goes well and we let's, actually get to do that that would be terrific let's and i'm looking hope forward that to we're it. able to do it yep yep yeah i was going to be that, able to do it i, I hope so, so. Uh, i, I, I think so. we just need to. to we just need to mm-hmm. and I, I won't get into that but i i just yeah uh, <laughs> virus be darned yep yep <laughs> anyway anyway uh, we got one more hand we um, do abby taylor abby taylor Hello, Larry. Um, I have been enjoying this presentation, especially the barbershop. I used to sing with a Sweet Adeline's group here in my hometown of Sheridan, Wyoming. Ah. And we couldn't get enough members to be part of a national network, so Mm -hmm. we kind of branched off on our own. And then a few of us in that group branched off and formed our own group. We sing some barbershop and some four-part, three-part, three- and four-part women's choral music. But Mm -hmm. I have a couple of questions. Um... Just out of curiosity, so what part of Barbara? What part do you sing? Lead, tenor, bass, baritone, and how do you learn your music and choreography? I am naturally a baritone, uh, okay. and for the first several know. years, I, I was thinking you were bass. 
No, no. Oh, no, no, no. Only when I have a cold in the morning, then I'm a bass. But the baritone, I, by natural part, is baritone. But uh, a few years in, we needed leads in the chorus. Leads are, in essence, second tenors. They sing the melody. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And so I started singing lead, and John and I wanted to sing together, so I sang lead in the quartet. He sang baritone. Uh, we learn music. Now we use tracks. We learn learning tracks oh, that, the, that the chorus okay. pays for. It used to be before when we didn't have that facility that friends of ours who were really good uh, would sing the part into a tape recorder for us, and we would learn it that way. Oh yeah, choreography yeah. Okay. is a little different because it's all right. by association. Because I can't necessarily uh, get a good idea of all the moves. I have to ask, and then they have to show me, and then I have to do it and say, "Is this is this natural? Is this believable?" And when we get to a point where they say, "Yes, that's fine," then I say, "Okay, oh, print." Okay. And then I go, so I learn songs, and it's generally now, it's a series of moves that you can intertwine and use in most songs. The only thing I don't okay. have a good handle on is is using facial, facial muscles to, you know, I know how to smile, yeah. but I don't necessarily know all the muscles that make you frown, because I don't do that very often. So sometimes someone right. has to say no. <laughs> so that works, but it's a little different. That's a little harder for me sometimes emotionally right. to be able to create the emotion with whatever i'm doing and then express it that's that's sometimes tough because i've never seen it oh yeah 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 i know yeah okay well thank you you're welcome thank you. larry i want to thank you very much for doing this tonight you're welcome Glad um, to do it's it. something that i've wanted to do for quite a while and you were so gracious about doing it um, I mentioned the possibility to him, and he said yes right away, yeah, sure. um, which was wonderful. And I really want to thank you for that. And just to remind everyone, um, for same time, stay. I that one's a tough one from me, from my mouth. <laughs> yeah, same time, same station is on Treasure Trove, which you can get to is ACB Media Three. So you can ask, you know who. Yes. To you can um, say ask ACB Media Three. Yes, and she'll do it. <laughs> to blame ACB Media Three. Yeah. And um, I, again, I want to thank you very much. I want to thank Ray Campbell for uh, hosting with me this You're evening. Um, and I want to thank Larry again for streaming us this evening. You're welcome. <laughs> and just let everyone know next week I'm going to have um, Christine Chaikin is going to be our guest next week, and we're going to be talking about keystroke shortcuts. It's kind of a keys to keystrokes, whether you're using a screen reader or not, or magnification or not, just kind of general keystrokes that can just make using your computer, <clears throat> using your computer a whole lot easier. <clears throat> Excuse me. And with that, I want to wish you all again a wonderful, happy, safe new year. And a great week ahead. You as well. <laughs>